Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Hey everybody, I am very sorry not to be there this today. I am sick. I'm I've got this awful head cold. I'm feeling awful. And so I zipped down to the church last night to record this. And hey, I'm gonna just need grace for today, guys. I'm just gonna need grace. I love this stuff. It's good stuff, but this is not this is not um, a good moment for me, but we're gonna give our best. I'm gonna, let me let me start by blessing us all, and uh, and you can bless me with some grace today. All right, here we go. I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need today, whatever help from God you need today. I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace, whatever's going on in your life. May I bless you with that. In the name of Jesus, may it be. All right, welcome back to our Moses series. Last week was Pentecost, and then before that, we have been in a Moses series. If you're new here or are visiting, we're basically, um, we've we've gone through the Moses' journey story, and they've gone to Mount Sinai, and, and now they have left Mount Sinai, and they have journeyed up to the wilderness of Paran, and, you know, the, the picture there is of the largest oasis in the wilderness. They may have camped there. They probably camped there. Is it Kadesh Barnea? I don't know. But there's there's only a few oases. There's not many. Um, and so, you know, chances are they they were there at one point. But yes, so, so we, we've tracked them through this journey. And during this journey, since they've left Mount Sinai, from Moses' perspective here, it's been pretty awful. It's been awful. Like, Story after story is basically group after group, people after people rejecting Moses as their leader, rejecting his authority, complaining about him, even his brother and sister, you know, like, you know, turning against him. And then today we come up to another one of those stories where 250 of the leaders of the community reject Moses's leadership and authority and and it's awful and it's painful in the Bible it's called we well we call it Korah's rebellion it's in numbers chapter 16 but but basically this is the this seems to be the last story of people turning against Moses and and rejecting his authority before Moses is going to break next week we're going to talk about how Moses Moses breaks but we're going to call this, this is called Korah's Rebellion, and, and we're going to, we need to talk about today this topic that is very unpleasant. It's the topic of authority, and the authority structures that are in our lives, and how God wants us to uh, respond to the authority in our lives. So, before we dive into the story uh, of Korah here, I have drawn us some pictures. Yes, I know. 
that it's uh, how could it get worse? Head cold and pictures. No, um, if you're new here or visiting, I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm probably one of the worst illustrators in, in all of the planet. But I do try, and and I I hope it will be helpful because what I want to lay out for us in this series of illustrations is authority and and how the Bible sets it up. Whether we like it this way or not, how the Bible sets it up. So let's look at let's look at this. First of all, picture one. Um, very simple. There's person, us, you, me, uh, let's call it, let's call it me or, or you. And, and God's at the top of the picture and God has all authority. God's the boss. Why does God have authority? Well, because he created everything and yeah, he put it in place. Everything exists for him and, and he's the creator. Picture two, adding to that, the tree, a choice, Genesis 3 here, Genesis 3, we read about Adam and Eve and how God said, don't eat the fruit in the middle of it. And they, so they had a choice every day. And, and every day at the beginning, they chose not to eat from the from the, the tree. But then one day came and they chose to eat from the, the tree. And in that moment, they chose, well, you know what? God has said for us to, to follow how he wants us to live. He's given us a choice. Today, it seems more appealing to us, better to us, to, to make our own decision here than, than God's decision here. There's a choice. And so how, we've got these two sides of the choice tree, right? We've got submit and follow God or reject and don't follow God. And, and so there we are. We're like, what are we going to do? Are we going to choose to submit and follow God but man, we have a real strong, strong, strong propensity. Call it sin nature added into their temptation, whatever added in. Oh, we have a supercharged propensity towards rejecting God's authority, rejecting what God has said in His Word, in the Bible, and and in life. And so, you know, sometimes we we follow God, but we have a very strong pull not to. I'm, I'm sure that does not surprise. Any of you, especially if you've ever had a toddler. All right, so picture four. Now, when it comes to authority, it's not as simple as just, you know, me and Jesus, me and God here. God, the Bible talks about different authority structures um, that that are God-given over our lives. And so you might look at Paul's writings in Ephesians 5, or, I mean, Jesus talks about this stuff too. I mean, there's lots of this in the Bible, Colossians chapter 3 as well, where there's different authority structures that that are God-given, and, you know, like, for instance, government, that that, that God's placed that over us, and, and God makes it clear, Jesus makes it clear that we need to submit to our, our government, and, and if that's not irritating enough, there's also the authority structures in the household, Household, whether it's, you know, in Ephesians 5 or Colossians 3, whether it's children um, submitting and obeying to the, their parents or uh, wives um, submitting and obeying their husbands. And then there's a submit to one another thing. Now, I know that's a hot topic. I know I just jumped on a bomb right there. Uh, a jet, a, a, a very unpleasant, this, I talked about wives submitting to husbands and Ephesians 3. Okay. I don't have time to to go there today. We are talking in general terms about authority. I know that this is a big topic. I know that it's a painful topic. I know that there's a lot of thoughts about this. I am happy to talk to you about this off, off, 
off stage. I mean, whatever this is, off this particular moment. Um, I know it's a big deal. I don't want to take it lightly. I, I get it. But we're talking about authority and we're talking about God-given authorities today. And, and that's the household thing is a part of it. And so I don't know. I just, I'm, I know that that's a big one. But we're, really, we're talking about other authority things. Okay, can we just talk about that off stage? Is that all right? Okay. Um, there, there's other things, not just household things, other and, and, and these passages like slaves and masters and, and, and just really any other authority structures in our lives that, um, that we are to be under. And, and what, we, what we learn is, as painful and as unpleasant as it might feel, is to submit to God, to follow God, is to submit to these other authority structures that are in our lives, whether it's government, household structures, or any other leadership structures in our lives. Now, that's a tough pill to swallow, but it gets worse. It gets worse. Now, we, 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 we have this red box here, and, and that represents the, the simple fact that every authority we are under is imperfect, and every authority that we are, we are under has many, much, so in some ways, aspects to it that is not trying to follow God, that is rejecting, that is on the rejecting and not following God's side. Now, again, that's with our, our governments and, and, and households and, and everything like this. Um, not every parent, no parent is perfect. No parent is perfectly submitting and following God well. There's, the, there's, there's stuff on both sides. Our government, if I could gasp being this sick and having this headache, I, I would gasp. But our, our governments are also not in total step with God. Although, however imperfect our government is, I'm very thankful for our government because it is definitely not as bad as it is possible to be. There is a lot more evil governments out there. In fact... Paul, when he's writing about submitting to your governments or governments, he is writing about his own, his own government is going to behead him. He is going to be imprisoned by his own government several different times in several different cities. He's going to be executed by his government. Peter is going to be executed by the government. And, and there is a call to submit to the government, even though the governments aren't following Jesus very well. And so in our authority discussion... We want to acknowledge that in order to follow God, in order to follow God well, we need to submit to God, which includes submitting to the authority structures that God has placed in our lives. And, and I know that that is, that is so frustrating to these us natural born rebels where we're just we don't we want autonomy. We we want to be our own boss. We want to, we don't want to have these. This sounds awful. We we don't want to have that in, in our lives, and, and so it's, we struggle with this. And then we start asking ourselves difficult questions, such as like, okay, how do we respond to our imperfect authority person, parent or government or whatever in our in our how do we how do we how do we how do we respond to them when they're imperfect when they're off track? How do we submit to them? If they're not even trying to follow God, or how do we hold them accountable for when they're making their mistakes? Now that was actually a trap question. <laughs> I, I, that that question is 
it's the question that we ask, but it's a, it's a trap question. I just asked the question, how do we hold them accountable for the, okay, how do we hold them accountable? How do we hold that? That's not our job. Oh man, that this is, this is starting to get all weird all, all of a sudden, isn't it? Generally speaking though, we, we aren't to hold, we don't hold accountable those in God-given authorities over us. It's not our place. It's not our role. That's God's role. That's God's job to, to bring accountability there. It's not the kid's job to hold their parents accountable. Okay, I, I just see alarm bells. I mean, just, just, just frustrations going off. Maybe you're like, okay, Brian has got the worst head cold on the planet here. Um, maybe he has another drawing. He does. This is what I'm saying. So green, I, mean, I can see it's getting really messy, really messy here. So you've got green us, and we're, we want to, if we want to submit and follow God, that means we're submitting and following all the authority structures in our life, right? To follow God is to submit to our God-given authorities for better or for worse, unless they're telling us to sin, unless they're commanding us to do something evil, we are to submit and follow them. It's God's job to hold them accountable. It's God's job to hold them accountable. They're his authority structures in our lives. It is up to him to hold them accountable. Man, I think that then that, that puts us into a place where we're like, man, I don't know. Do we even believe God holds accountable these, these authorities in our lives? We're, we're responsible for one, for how we follow God, we are not responsible for the decisions that are those in authority over us make. That's God works with them on that. And then God works with us in how are we following? How are we submitting? Because what we're going to see in the Bible over and over again is that to follow God well is to follow our government, to follow our household, to follow those other leadership structures in our life. But man, what, what a hard teaching. This is so irritating. It's so difficult to grapple with this stuff. And yeah, and it's difficult stuff. But it's 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 so normal to come to want to reject authority structures in our lives. Let's let's look at number 16. Let's see an example of of this in action. And we'll just we'll just see some of what we're talking about today. Okay. Oops. Number 16. Now Korah, son of Izhar, son of Koath, son of Levi, with Dathan and Abraham, son of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took 250, 250 prominent Israelite men who were leaders of the community. Leaders, 250 leaders. Okay, that's the context. And representatives in the assembly. These are big deal people. And they rebelled against Moses, they came together against Moses and Aaron and told them, you have gone too far. Everyone in the entire community is holy and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the Lord's assembly? Do you see what's going on there in that third verse? Everyone in the entire community is holy and the Lord is among them. Okay, this is a standard uh, accountability trap here that, that they're going under. 
We are gathered, says Korah and people, we are gathered against you, Moses, and your leadership because you have gone too far. And so we are going to hold you accountable. Hmm. How's this going to go? And then there's also this standard rejection of God-given authority to Moses. Everyone is holy. Everyone is holy. God is with all of us. We're equals. You're not an authority over us. We're all holy. We're equals here. So we're going to play the we're all equal before God card. Even, and we're going to reject this idea of God-placed authority. We're, going to, we're just going to push that away. We should be equals. And that, that is one of those things that comes up in so many authority challenges. I'm not submitting to you. We're both equals before God. Man. When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, Tomorrow in the morning the Lord will reveal who belongs to him, who is set apart, and the one he will let come near him. He will let the one he chooses come near him. Korah, you and all your followers are to do this. Take fire pans and tomorrow place fire in them and put incense on them before the Lord. Then the man the Lord chooses will be the one who is set apart. It is you Levites who have gone too far. Now, do they think they've gone too far? No. Nobody who is rejecting their God-given authorities thinks they've gone too far. They hate their God-given authority. They don't want their God-given authority in their lives. They're they're not going to hear this. Man, it's just, it just, when, when we turn against authority, it just feels so right to us. It's so natural to, to our rebellious nature to not accept authority. We justify it in our own mind for whatever reason. You know, they, my authority, are making a mistake, so I don't need to follow them. Or they, my authority, aren't caring enough. They're not caring enough about me. They're not paying attention enough about me and my heart and my values. And so I don't need to follow them or submit to them. Uh, They are not praying enough about this decision, which isn't really important one. And so because they're not praying enough about it, I don't need to submit. I don't need to follow. We get these, we get these different, different ways that we believe that we are, we're, we're, we're in the right to rebel. That we believe we're in the right to reject the authority structures in our life. But you know what? Man, that's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. This is a hard hard teaching. Moses also told Korah, Now listen, Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from from the Israelite community to bring you near himself to perform the work at the Lord's tabernacle? and to stand before the community to minister to them. He has brought you near and all your fellow Levites who are with you, but you are pursuing the priesthood as well. Therefore, it is you and all your followers who have conspired against the Lord. And for Aaron, who is he that you should complain about about him? Again, you're, comp- you're complaining about Aaron here? Uh conspired against the Lord right here verse 11 uh, the, the, right right there conspired against the, conspired you may think that rejecting your leaders and turning against your god-given authorities in your households in your governments in your in, in whatever in your life 
it, that, that it's, it's not that big of a deal. But when you are turning against them, you're, you're conspiring against the Lord. You're, 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 you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong. Our God-given authorities, our God-given authorities are God-backed authorities. I'm going to say that full screen. Our God-given authorities, whether we like them or not, are God-backed. They're backed by God Himself. Even when, even when they're they're not right, and God God holds them accountable. But even when they're off track, and it's not, it's up to God to hold them accountable. But we need to be accountable to to follow them. Um, they're our God-given authorities. Anyways, so um, conspired against the Lord, not not Aaron here. Moses sent for Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eliab, but they said, we will not come. Is it not enough that you brought us up from the land of flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Do you also have to appoint yourself as ruler over us? Do you see that? Appoint yourself. They are claiming that Moses is not a God-appointed leader. I mean, forget that all the plagues in Egypt and Exodus and fire on the mountains thing. They are rejecting this notion that God is, that Moses is a God-appointed leader. And we do this. We do this. We do this very conveniently. We'll find ways to try and reject and, and claim that our, those God-given leadership structures in our life, they're not, they're not real. They're not real. But man, the evilness of, of claiming that Moses is a self-appointed leader as opposed to a God-appointed leader, how is this going to go? Furthermore, they said, you didn't bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey or give us an inheritance in the fields and vineyards. Will you gouge out the eyes of these men? Will, will not come. Uh, okay, this idea of like Moses, you didn't do what you told us. You were, you were going to lead us to the promised land. You were going to lead us to the land, land flowing with milk and honey. You didn't do your job. And so we don't have to follow you. You let us down. So... We don't need to submit anymore because you didn't do your bit, so we don't have to be the followers. You didn't lead right, so we don't have to follow rightly. Again, that's not how it works. But that's, that's kind of stuff that comes into our heads when we're wanting to reject authorities at times. It's, it's very standard stuff. Then Moses became angry, verse 15, and said to the Lord, Don't respect their offerings. I have not taken one donkey from them or mistreated a single one of them. So Moses and Korah, so Moses told Korah, you and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. You, they, and Aaron, each of you is to take his fire pan, place incense on it, and present his fire pan before the Lord. 250 fire pans. You and Aaron are each to present your fire pan also. Each man took his fire pan, placed it, placed fire in it, put incense on it, and stood at the entrance to the tent of meaning meaning along with Moses and Aaron. <clears throat> After Korah assembled the whole community against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Separate yourselves from this community so I may consume them instantly. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and said, God, God who gives breath to all, when one man sins, will you vent your wrath on the whole community? The Lord replied, tell the community, get away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Moses got up, 
and went to Dathan. And Abraim and the elders of Israel followed him. He warned the community, get away now from the tents of these wicked men. Don't touch anything that belongs to them or you will be swept away because of all their sins. So they got away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Meanwhile, Dathan and Abraham came out and stood at the entrance of their tent with their wives, children, and infants. So here we are. It's the moment, it's the moment of, of accountability. What does God think when it comes to rebellion? Man, how many times in the Bible do we hear about the sin of rebellion? Rebellion against leaders? Not just the Moseses, but leaders. Uh, is it really that big of a deal to, to turn against your God-given leaders when they've let you down? When you feel they've let you down? When you feel like they haven't delivered as they, they, they said that they would? Maybe when you don't believe in their leadership anymore. Is it that big a deal to turn away? And to not follow them? Yeah. Yes, it is. Then Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord sent me to do all these things, and that it was not of my own will. If these men die naturally, as all people would, and suffer the fate of all, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something unprecedented, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them along with all that belongs to them, so that they go down alive into Sheol, then you will know that these men have despised the Lord. Again, despised the Lord. That, that's the rejection of authorities in our lives, is despising the Lord. It's a rejection of God. As imperfect as, as whatever leaders are, that's what's on the line when it comes to authority and leadership. Just as he finished speaking all these words, the ground beneath them split open... Man, when I was a kid, I, I knew about this story, and like this one gives me nightmares. This, this is just such a wild story. The earth split the open. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their household, all Korah's people and all their, their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them, and they vanished from the assembly at their cries, all the people of Israel who were around them fled because they thought the earth may swallow us too. What a, wow. Fire also came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were presenting incense. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest, to remove the fire pans from the burning debris because they are holy and scatter the fire far away. As for the firepans of those who sinned at the cost of their own lives, make them into a hammered sheets as plat plating for the altar. For they presented them before the Lord, <clears throat> and the firepans are holy. They will be a sign to the Israelites. So the priest Eliezer took the bronze firepans that, that those who were burned... <laughs> had presented, and they were hammered into plating for the altar, just as the Lord commanded him through Moses. It was to be a reminder for the Israelites that no unauthorized person outside the lineage of Aaron should approach to offer, offer incense before the Lord and become like Korah and his followers. The next day, I'm going to remove myself because this verse is kind of a kicker. 
The next day, the entire Israelite community complained about Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the Lord's people. Are you even kidding me right now? Are you even kidding me? Like, let's blame Moses for the the ground opening up. Let's blame Moses for fire shooting out of whatever that came out of to, to consume uh, the 250 people. Are you seeing how much, like the whole nation of people, like maybe millions of them, how much they hate Moses? How much they're just... They blame Moses for everything wrong in their life. They're blaming Moses for everything bad in their lives. They're taking no accountability for their own situation, for their own. They're taking no accountability for the fact that they they reject that they rejected trusting Jesus and, and when the spies came back with a report, they're just taking no accountability for their own choices. And that's the thing. That's all we can do. All we can do is be accountable for our decisions. I'm getting preaching. Let's keep going here. When the community assembled against them, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent of meeting, and suddenly the cloud covered it. The Lord's glory appeared. Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, Get away from this community so that I might consume them instantly. But, but they fell face down. Then Moses told Aaron, Take your fire pan. Place fire from the altar in it and add incense. Go quickly to the community and make atonement for them because wrath has come from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Aaron took his fire pan as Moses had ordered, ran into the middle of the assembly and saw that the plague had begun among the people. After he added incense, he made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague was halted. What, what an image there. But those who died from the plague number 14,700. In addition to those who died because of the Korah incident, Aaron then returned to Moses at the entrance to the tent of meeting since the plague had been halted. Uh, just a last comment here. I, I, what Moses and Aaron do, um, how they respond, right? It, it's, it's incredible. It's a great leadership thing. Three times in this story, I didn't mention it, but like when Moses was turned, turned against, he, he went face down before God. Three times in this story. That is the right response to when people are, are turning against, against you. It's to go to Jesus. It's to go to God in that, in that moment. But here, man, I just marvel at these guys. They, no matter how much they have been must have been hurt by this rebellion, by this turning against them, by the whole people. And, I mean, even after the, the day before, the ground opening up and firing, God, God vindicating their leadership, now they're all attacking them again they're all turning against them again man their response was to appeal for God's mercy for them I and mean, what what an incredible thing that that Moses and Aaron do here now this is a hard teaching and and I've said some hard things here I I'm I'm trying my best with the, the amount of medication I'm on today and, and my head is is foggy and 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 I'm not feeling good. And maybe, and maybe I, I was confusing on, on some of the things I was trying to articulate. And maybe, maybe I, I struggled here or there. But the kicker of all this is, and when it, when it all comes down to it, maybe we just don't like 
what the Bible says about authority and submitting to authority. Maybe we feel uncomfortable about what the Bible says. And, and, you know, maybe I didn't do a good job with all that today. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we feel uncomfortable with, with how strongly God connects submitting to Him and submitting to our authority structures in our governments, in our households, in any other, in any other structures. Maybe we hate that stuff, but does it matter? Uh, you know, with, with the Korah and their rebellion, they hate the Moses and authority. They hate the authority. We should be all equals. They hate it all, but does it matter how they feel about it? Or does it just matter that that's how it is? That's, that's how it is to God. And, and to God, it's like, no, this is the authority structures. And so you need to follow the authority structures, whether you like them or not. And I guess that's the, the question when it comes to us, is when it comes to all the God authority pieces in our lives, how are we going to respond? We are accountable to one thing. How are we following God? And following God means submitting to these authority structures. And, and, and if they're off track, well, that's up to God to sort out. But, but for us to follow God well is to follow well by, by submission. It's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough teaching. But here's the challenge for us today. I want you to list all the God-given authority structures you might be under. And if you're not sure, you can know it with a question mark. Like maybe you're, maybe you're 35 years old, you're not living with your parents anymore, and you're not sure if you're under their authority structure or, or whatever in your life, and you, you, maybe you have questions about that. You can just put a question mark there. But list out all the God-given authority structures you might be under. And then prayerfully assess how you've been submitting to each of them. Like, how, how have you been doing? One to ten. One to ten. Is it going well or is there some work needed here? Man, I, I know this is hard stuff, guys. And, and I, and I want to just pray for us. I want to pray for us in, as, as we deal with this as people who are, have a propensity towards rebellion. And I, I want to pray courage over us. And I want to pray God's help as we... Think about these authority structures in our lives. So God, I know that rebellion is, is something that, uh, that you've made clear. It's, you are not a fan of it all. Um, it's the sin of rebellion you're just not a fan of. And, and God, I just pray for forgiveness for myself and, and for all of us. In, in the times that we have rebelled against our, our God-given authorities, we have complained and, and, and grumbled and, and turned against our, the God-given authorities in our lives. God, there's none of us in this room that hasn't done that. And I just ask for your mercy. I ask for your mercy for all of us. And God, I just pray that you would continue to work this new heart miracle in all of us. That you would give us new heart, new mind, that we could follow you well. Now, maybe some of you haven't given your life to follow Jesus. You're like, I, don't, I haven't committed my life to follow Jesus, to submit my life to Jesus at all. Well, I suggest doing that right now and giving your life to following Jesus. And I suggest praying something like this. Jesus, here I am. I submit my life to you. Forgive me. Help me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead me in your way. God, help us all. 
God, help us all. We, we love you and we do want to follow you. It's hard sometimes. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.